Hey there. My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, how's it going? Welcome to this week's episode. Um, so this week I am going to dive into a, a question from a listener. So this was submitted to me on Instagram and, you know, I thought it was just a really good question. This, you know, this person shares some pretty specific kind of things that they're experiencing and going through, but I think that have broader applications and I think that folks are going to, are going to find value in. So, um, I'll just jump right into reading what this person writes to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out some details that might be identifying and kind of make them a little more vague, but the general spirit is gonna remain true. Okay, so this person writes to me: Things with my mom lately have been causing a lot of turmoil and chaos in our house. I moved back home when my dad suddenly passed away in 2012, and things have been tough with her since. She hasn't filed her taxes in seven years and has not cleaned the house since my dad's passing. She says she wants to move out and move on, as do I, but she has done absolutely nothing to expedite the process, just lets messes pile up, and she's showing major, major symptoms of hoarding as well, which is scary and unhealthy for me as her adult child to see and to live in. My space is clean, but the entire house is a mess. She has classic ostrich syndrome, ignore the world and stay in denial which is causing me some major disappointment and anger. Her walls are so high, she refuses to listen to my brother and I about doing what is necessary to move on with her life. So I guess what I'm saying is, lately I've been struggling with convincing myself that I am enough. I'm doing enough and I'm living my life the best I can during these circumstances. I genuinely feel empty, invisible, and pretty lost with how to move forward in a healthy, productive way. So one, I mean, I, you know, and I had a bit of an exchange back and forth with the person who submitted this letter and of course was so thankful that they were willing to, you know, share about their experience with me and, you know, be willing to be open about it. And I think, you know, what this person is describing is a scenario that there's not like an easy fix for. And I mean, I think often when, when folks write into someone for support or advice, there's there's typically not kind of an easy, quote, right answer. And I think what's really hard here for this person and, you know, what I shared briefly with them via an Instagram DM, but what I'll share even more now is just that the thing to think about here is that this this person is experiencing kind of shared familial grief and trauma. So, you know, losing a family member suddenly, losing her father suddenly is, you know, something that 
is traumatic. I think losing anybody and having any kind of grief of, of death of a loved one is traumatic, but especially when that's kind of sudden and unexpected, that's a unique kind of trauma. And it's something that this person and their mom and their brother um, all kind of experienced together, but differently. And it's manifesting itself differently for, you know, the three of them, right? And so, you know, what this letter writer describes is that, you know, it's really kind of taken a toll on mom's mental health. And, you know, mom has kind of, you know, this person describes describes it as ostrich syndrome, which I actually hadn't heard, but I, I think is, is an interesting and apt term, which is that, the, you know, she kind of is, I guess, in, in this terminology is putting her head in the sand and is kind of in denial about things going on around her, things that need to happen, the ways that she's struggling and that's manifesting itself in a pretty serious way in terms of, you know, it sounds like some hoarding behavior and some, you know, neglecting kind of day-to-day tasks and important things that need to get done. And, you know, the person who wrote this letter is describing like, I'm having some anger and resentment and disappointment. And, you know, another thing this person names is that they actually are living in the house with their mother. So in addition to the fact that, you know, it's hard to see your parent struggle and it's hard to see somebody that you love go through something where you're worried about the fact that they're not filing their taxes and, you know, there's fear that they're going to, you know, have some legal or financial ramifications for that, but also that, you know, they're not taking care of their living space. They're not, you know, um, having like proper hygiene, any of those things. But then on top of it, this person is cohabitating with their mother. So they're also experiencing that living situation kind of firsthand in a way that is really, um, that like adds a whole nother layer. It's really challenging. And so, you know, I can't purport to imagine what that's like, but you know, what that, what that creates is this sense of, and you know, this person describes in their letter that it's manifesting itself in, you know, I'm struggling with convincing myself that I'm enough, that I'm doing enough. I'm living life as best I can. I feel empty. I feel invisible, lost with how to move forward. And so I think what I would say to this person, and again, what I did say in in short and, you know, what I'll say more at length here, and I think this can apply more broadly, is that We cannot measure our worth by how well we are able to, you know, kind of heal or solve others' mental health struggles, okay? We cannot measure our own individual worth by how well we are able to or or unable to heal others' mental health or emotional struggles, and, you know, I say this all the time about this this idea of self-worth kind of being something that comes without condition, that you are worthy already, that it's not you're going to be worthy when you can do X, Y, Z, that once you can convince your mom to clean up her house, then you're going to be a, you know, good child to your parent. It's not, you know, once your mom files her taxes, then you will have done what you can to move on and move forward. It's not once you you know, get the fuck out of there and move out of her house and, you know, stop, quote, enabling her that that's what's going to do it. And that's what's going to make you worthy and is going to make you like, 
qualified to say you're living your best life. I don't think any of those things are cleanly true. And I think these are two separate conversations to me. I think there's the conversation about like what's going on with your mom and how that is or is not, you know, contributing to your mental health and, you know, how we can kind of infuse boundaries into that relationship. And then there's the separate piece about your self-worth. And so I'll talk about that in a minute. I think the first part, the thing I would say about the relationship with your mom, and again, this is complex. You know your life and your situation better than anybody, certainly better than me. But I think, you know, what I would say is like the, the first thing that comes to mind for me here, the first word I think of is boundaries. And there's like I said, there's not like a, you need to do this and then you will have achieved boundaries and <laughs> everything will be fine. But I think it could be beneficial to you to start thinking about what it could mean to have boundaries in your relationship with your mom. And what that might mean is that you, you know, make kind of the mental shift of not taking responsibility for her anymore. And so does that mean you're, you know, you're not still going to live with her? Maybe not. Maybe that's not financially feasible for you. I think if it is financially feasible for you, then it could be a helpful move for you in terms of your own, you know, the impact this is having on you and your own mental health to potentially live separately from her. And that's not to say you cut off all contact with her. That's not, you know, that would be kind of a drastic end of the spectrum and maybe is needed. Again, that's up to you to decide. But if there is a way for you to create kind of some more separation that allows you to, you know, like have your own space, your own kind of refuge as you're also, you know, very much still processing the grief of, you know, the death of a parent in a way that I think is, it sounds like is kind of complicated by the fact that your, your other parent is still very much deeply in the grieving process, um, in like a very intense way. So, you know, potentially it could have benefits to you being able to have kind of your own grief journey to have, a, you know, a separate space. Um, also, because like you're saying, it's it's kind of helping to breed anger and, and resentment and frustration toward your mother for you to share this living space with her that that is kind of so chaotic. Um, so that it could look that way. It could look like you saying I'm still living with her, but I no longer take responsibility for her action or her inaction. You know, I am going to get really clear on what it is that is in my control. So like you've already said, like your space is neat and clean, the space that is yours. And that's what you have control over. So there's already examples of ways that you're kind of doing this. But, you know, making sure you're setting those boundaries, because what then happens is that when you're able to create that boundary between like, this is what is me and this is what is somebody else then what happens is that you're, you free up more space so that your own self-worth, that your own enoughness is not tied up in someone else, in someone else's decisions to change or not change or to, you know, build healthy habits or not do so or in somebody else's treatment of you that if you are creating that space, if you're creating those boundaries, that creates more of that kind of liminal space to work with and to be able to say, you know, that is this person's choice. This person is making a choice and 
Do I feel a certain way about that choice? Maybe. But does that choice have to feel like an indictment on my worth and whether I'm good enough or whether I'm doing enough? No, because I didn't make that choice and because I am going to stand empowered in the choices that I am making. And so I think that's going to be the key thing for you here. And like I said, maybe that means that you figure out a way to not live with your mom anymore or to, you know, live separately from her some of the time or, you know, limit the time that you're you're in the home with her. Maybe it's, you know, you you mentioned having a sibling. Maybe it's talking to your sibling about and you know, you don't you don't really mention how much your sibling is is also providing kind of emotional support or kind of practical support to your mom, but maybe it's asking a sibling to kind of share some of that emotional labor or actual labor with you. Maybe it's, you know, saying to your mom that there are certain conversations that you're not willing to have with her and being really clear about that and sticking to that. Maybe it's enlisting support from people in your life who, you know, have a sense of what's going on um, and, you know, can be there when you just, you know, need kind of a no questions asked, like, I need to get the fuck out of my house right now. But whatever it is, I think that if you're able to begin to create some of those boundaries, then it makes it a lot easier for you to begin to cultivate that sense of self-worth that it's, you know, that you're feeling so disconnected from, that you are questioning. And the final thing I'll just say is like, like all of your, you know, you say you have questions about and you've been, you've been kind of lost in questioning whether you're enough, whether you're doing a good job, whether you are living your life to the best you can under the circumstances. And I think, I mean, I would just say I really do believe that you are worthy and good enough and deserve to be happy exactly as you are right now without having to earn it or do anything to change your life radically. Now, of course, like, I understand that there are sometimes circumstances that make it really challenging to kind of stand in your worth and to, you know, connect with your own needs and your own worthiness and your own happiness. But do I think that 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 impacts the inherent worth that is in there and that exists within you? No, I don't. I believe that that is there. I believe that that is no question. And so I think if you're really able to to believe that and to connect with that, then you will also be able to, you know, have a deep sense of knowing and belief that if this situation is not serving you, if you are feeling unhappy, then it is okay for you to make choices to change things. And again, circumstances may mean that those changes are are of different magnitude. They look different in practice. But you know, it ultimately is about you having the choice to make those changes. And so, you know, I, again, I really appreciate you, you know, reaching out and sharing your story. Um, And, you know, this is not, it's not an easy situation. And I think the thing that I think about here too, is that like, you've been, I keep saying it's the last thing I'm going to say, but I'm, you know, I just, I, I have been thinking a lot about this person since they wrote to me and, you know, this is a person who cares about 
their family and who cares about you know loving and nurturing a family member who's struggling in the wake of of immense grief and who is having you know a grief response that it while it is really tough and really hard to watch somebody go through is not a terribly uncommon response to really intense grief and you know um I just think that this, you know, this person is working to do the best that they can to love and support their mom and to love and support themselves. And I think that you're asking the right questions. I think that it is really important if we're going to love on other people and if we are going to support other people. And I, I, I don't believe in the like, you know, if you don't, if you like struggle to love yourself, then you aren't, can't possibly ever love anybody else. I don't believe that that's true. I think it's way more nuanced than that. But I think that the work of being able to love others in a sustainable way and in a, a way that is, you know, maximally meaningful and lasting really requires us to also be in touch with the ways that we love and value ourselves. And so I hear that you're doing that. And, you know, I really hope that this is helpful and I hope that you'll check back in with us, um, you know, and let us know if this was helpful and, and, and what you took away. Okay, my loves. So for these next couple of weeks, at least, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast in real time or in realish time, we are kind of experiencing a, a cultural moment of social distancing, of some isolation, of a lot of fear and anxiety for a lot of people. And so what I'm going to try to do um, is include some kind of guided visualization, guided meditation uh, at the end of every episode. And I started doing that last week. um, And I actually have an episode back from, I think it's like episode five or six, um, back from October 2019, that is just a set of um, guided meditations. And so one of those is actually I've updated and I'm going to be using here in a minute. But I just think, you know, for me, it it is really helpful to just set aside a few intentional moments to really notice the sensations in my body and to focus on my breath. Um, so that's what we're going to do here in a minute. And that's what I'm going to continue doing um, in the next couple of episodes of the podcast. Um, I know it's really, really been a helpful tool for me and I hope it is for you as well. To begin, you'll want to close your eyes or soften your gaze and tune into your breath. Notice your breath, its pattern, its rhythm, without trying to change it. Notice also if you feel tense or relaxed without necessarily trying to change that either. Inhale through your nose and then exhale through your mouth. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Continue to take deep, full breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. 
as you breathe, become aware of the state of your body and the quality of your mind. Where is your body holding tension? Do you feel closed off or shut down emotionally? Where is your mind? Is it wandering or is it at home within your breath? Is your mind at ease or filled with restlessness or doubt? Place both hands over your heart and continue to inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Ask yourself, how does it feel to place my hands over this tender area, this place where I experience love for myself and for others? Let your breath become more smooth and effortless. Feel the flow of air moving into your lungs and then back out into the world. With each exhale, imagine you're releasing any intrusive thoughts that may be lingering in your mind. Continue to focus on your breath. On each inhale, think, I am worthy. And on each exhale, I am enough. Inhale, I am worthy. Exhale, I am enough. Let each inhale draw in self-love and each exhale release what is no longer serving you. Take a few moments to breathe and recite this mantra internally. Inhaling, I am worthy and exhaling, I am enough. Notice how you feel as you say these words to yourself. If your mind wanders at any point, know that that's okay. It's the nature of the mind to wander. When this happens, simply bring your attention back to the breath. Notice how your thoughts come and go, whether positive or negative, and simply allow them to pass by. Imagine them like clouds floating in the sky. Now, visualize yourself standing in front of a mirror. Look into the mirror and into your own eyes. What do you see? Pain? Sadness? Love? Joy? Fear or anxiety? Weariness? Regardless of what appears in your reflection, acknowledge it without judgment. However you feel right now is okay. Know that what you see in the mirror in this moment may be different from what you see the next time you look. Imagine now, with your hands still on your heart, that you could breathe into your heart and visualize love actually pouring out of your hands and into your heart. 
Let this love warm and permeate you from your heart center, filling the rest of your body. Feel a sense of comfort and calm traveling up through your chest into your neck and head, out into your shoulders, arms, and hands, and then down into your ribs, belly, pelvis, legs, and feet. Allow this sensation of warmth to fill you from head to toe. Breathe here for a few moments and know that love is always available to you when you need it. That whatever you're feeling or experiencing in a given moment can be met with compassionate non-judgment, with warmth, and with self-love. When you're ready, take a few more deep mindful breaths. Inhale through your nose, exhale through your mouth. Wiggle your fingers and your toes, and then softly open your eyes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.